Good morning, everyone. We got Alec, Swaim, Confetti, Bob, Blaine Williams, Abe's here, David Campos here, Seth Jackson says he set his alarm to be here on time on a Friday morning. Appreciate you, Seth. Grant here, Jill, Norm, how's everyone doing? Not Mr. Moon in Periscope says he's closing on his first house today. Congratulations. That's awesome. Uh... T. Miller says, great song choice. Happy Friday. I, lo- I I really like Shovels and Rope. Let's see. My mom's in the chat. Big day in the O'Brien household today. My sister and her family are moving back east. I get to meet my nephew for the first time. Big, big day. Picking him up from the airport tonight. Woke up very excited about that. Morning from the UK, says Stuart. Raphael says, what's up? So, good morning. We got Kentucky. We got... Wildwood, New Jersey. A lot of people hanging out. Hope everyone is going to have a good Friday and a nice uh, nice little weekend here. So it's a great day for me already. Told you I already woke up happy about my uh, relatives and my sister and my brother-in-law, my nephews moving back east. But also, I finally got a key to my own office, which is huge. Haven't had one. Producer BBD usually gets here a little bit before me, and if he doesn't, I'm locked out of the John Boy Media headquarters. We gave a key to the super so they can install some stuff over quarantine. Never got it back. Just got it back. I can get into my own office again. Also, the office, uh, every door in the office basically doesn't function as a door, and the one to the main studio was completely off its hinges, and that got fixed. So it's just a fantastic morning all around. The baseball's still right in front of me from yesterday. A-L-O, whatever the hell that means. So, you know, everyone's just incredibly excited and having a great morning. Shovels and Rope, adorable. Two musicians, they got married. Now they make music together. They have a family now. Saw them at Newport Folk Festival. Just walking around hand in hand whenever they're not on stage together. Cute as hell. So, I like Shovels and Rope. Anyway morning what do we got today friday Ooh, the friday schedule is bam we got talking baseballs coming out talking giants what we're listening to and john boy and jake tv and last night i spent uh 20 minutes on the couch making a graphic for this show so it can look prettier wonder if it's worth showing you what I, I basically draw stick figures and then I send and then I send those um, to our graphic designer Matt and say hey can you make this look better than what I did and I wonder if I can even show you what I did I like telling you guys things before they happen so next week we're probably gonna have a a better backdrop more organized not just like pictures on top of the screen. Let me see. I did it like real half-assed. All right. So this is what I want it to look like. Oh, shit. I can't show you this. Fuck. All right. Hold on. I got to... I got to get it to a certain spot. I got to skip a spot, and I can't show you. Fuck. This is what I want it to look like. Hold on. I have to be very strategic about this. Like, it's, it's a gift, so I can't show you the beginning. Bam. Like that. That's what it's going to look like next week. I hope. 
Got to get out of there before you see the next slide. That's what it's going to look like. And then when I go, <clears throat> when we put the big thing on the screen, look at that. So that'll look better. I was excited about that last night. Drew it up. <clears throat> Ooh, big day yesterday. Uh, so talking baseball is a very um, interesting episode. There's a documentary coming out on Monday all about Koshian, which is the biggest tournament in Japanese baseball. It's high school baseball. Every district, they basically they call it prefecture, uh, has one or two teams that get sent. So it's very similar to March Madness. And then it's a, a single elimination tournament with 50 teams, basically, uh, or 40 teams in Japan. They kick the main team in Osaka, I believe, out of the Koshin Stadium, and the high school tournament takes it over for two weeks. Each game has 50,000 people that watch. A million people show up to watch live. It's broadcast on public TV stations. So there's a documentary coming out on it. We got a screener, and then we watched, uh, then we interviewed the director, Emma Yazamoto. I hope I didn't say that wrong. She was fantastic. We, you know, just peeling it back, Jake and I went into the interview and saying, like, okay, like, we don't know. We have questions. We're interested. This is a really cool story. It's really cool to see the culture of baseball in Japan because it's so different. But we don't know what we're going to get out of this interview or, you know, what the director's going to be like. You know, we said, if, if this is just a 20-minute interview, that's fine. We can build an episode around it. And it was awesome. Just talking about, you know, Tanaka and Ichiro and Matsui. I asked her, you know, if Matsui, Tanaka, Ichiro, and Otani were all at a meet and greet. And there was four, the four of them had their own table, which who would have the longest line in Japan right now? She was like, that's a good question. Um, and then we just talked about like, you know, really interesting stuff. The culture of Japanese baseball is so different. And the reason why makes so much sense. So I'd check it out if, you, if you're interested in that. Talking Giants is out. They're doing draft stuff. I listened to that this morning as I walked my dog. Um, they're doing a lot of draft stuff still. Uh, off, uh, offensive draft preview. Uh, Bobby's in full bloom love uh, with, I'm going to butcher his name. Bobby's in full bloom love with someone. Talking Folk, also listened to that today, this morning, when I was walking my dog at 5.30. Talking Folk is Nick and his wife, Courtney, and they're talking, you know, the Friday episodes are pretty cool because they're just, they're giving you a bunch of artists to check out. Talked about uh, Brandy Clark, Julian Taylor, who's a really cool story. He's got ancestors in the Mohawk tribe. I've never heard his music before, but I really liked him. Uh, Haim has a song that is very similar to Walk on the Wild Side by Lou Reed, and the bass line is. It was cool. But uh, Julian Taylor, I never heard of him. I liked his song a lot from that episode. So go check out Talking Folk. And the music department of John Boy Media is announcing some big things. We have a, we have a soundtrack show coming out where it's kind of like uh, Nick described it best. It's a tour through a movie via the songs. So how much did this song tell about the mood and then, you know, perfectly used songs throughout movies? I uh, I did one episode, but we got scratched, but that's going to be cool. And then um, John Boy and Jake TV today is Take Me Out. Last time we had Take Me Out on here, on watching whatever on John Boy and Jake TV, I told people to leave comments to let us know if you guys liked it or not because we weren't positive. Like 80 comments. They're all positive. There's only eight episodes. I'm actually going right now to read if there's any comments so far. There's only four. Um, no, there's more than four. But I think we're going to keep doing that. All eight episodes, I think. So that's what's out today on the channel. Uh, go check it out if you would like. Let's go to the town. It is 62 degrees, not a cloud in the sky in Bristol, Virginia, which is a border town, much like Kansas City and whatever one we did yesterday that I already forget. Bristol, Virginia, Bristol, Tennessee, same place. Main Street is actually on the state line, which is cool because, you know, um, Tennessee and Virginia have, and like Kentucky, there's just that straight line. And then the, the tops and the bottoms of the state are all zigzag and shit. Um, but yeah, producer Luke has given us some border towns. So he chooses random state generator and then, and then he just zooms in and finds, finds a town. So we got, we got Bristol, Virginia and Tennessee. 
zoom in here. So there's Virginia. And then Tennessee is basically like this shape down here, the Bristol part, right on the state line. It was originally called, the the Native Americans that lived in this area, they called it uh, Big Camp Meat. Big Camp Meat. Big Camp Meat. Because uh, a lot of animals went there. To the point. A lot of meat was there. So you go there, camp out, get a lot of meat, big camp meat. Then they changed it eventually to something else. Then they changed it to Bristol. But border towns are crazy. So some fun facts I looked up. Super fun. Everyone's favorite economic fun facts of border towns. Tennessee has no income tax, but Virginia sales tax is half as much as Tennessee. So Bristol, Tennessee gets a lot of people living there because no income tax, but then they cross the border and they go shop in Virginia is what I read. The best thing about doing this is when I do a random town every day, the shout out to the Nebraska people, Ogallala, Nebraska yesterday got everyone from Nebraska was like, I can't believe you're talking about Nebraska. And a lot of, a lot of comments, a lot of like messages, like that was awesome. <laughs> just, just to be talked about, but it's cool because clearly if you're from Tennessee, Bristol, Tennessee, or when I did uh, Texarkana, clearly you guys know so much more than me. I'm just like surface rabbit hole, kind of just poking my head down the rabbit hole. Sometimes we go deep. Sometimes we just poke our head. So if the comments are usually cool because people add on. But uh, they call it the birthplace of country music, which is bullshit, but whatever, sell, sell stuff like like, you know, the birthplace of country music. And it's just like the first time it got recorded. Some dude opened up a recording studio and like the Carter family came there and recorded it. So the birthplace, the birth, the birthplace, the birthplace of recorded country music would make more sense, I believe. Unless I didn't read the history correctly. But like, come on, there's no birthplace of country music. Doesn't exist. It's everywhere. Collective unconscious. People were just singing. They've got an Applebee's here. they got a YMCA. The pictures. Oh, dude, the, the state slogan's ridiculous. The state, the state slogan is, uh, or the town slogan is, a good place to live. The sign's badass. A good place to live. I'd love, I'd love to hear the marketing meeting when that became the slogan and who presented it. I've got it. All right, we've paid blah, blah to come up with our town slogan. We paid them a lot of money. They're going to present some ideas to us. Everyone be as open as you can be, and afterwards we'll discuss it. First idea, guy comes in, Don Draper, opens up his briefcase, points at the picture, says, a good place to live. Love it. My favorite thing I talk about with Jake a lot is Little Caesars, when they had their big marketing meeting to come up with a slogan, and they paid probably so much money, and the guy came in and he said, "We've we've got it. We know what your slogan's going to be. It's going to be pizza, pizza." <laughs> and they were like, "Yep, wow, can't believe you came up with that pizza, pizza. That was worth the hundred k we paid you." Uh, he had to be a little scared. There had to be one person on the Little Caesars team that was like, "Really? That's what we're going to go with? Pizza, pizza." It's beautiful. It works. But anyway, a good place to live. How about that? I, I mean, I don't know. The pictures are, are cool of this sign, though. I will say it's a cool sign. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so that's the street. So, like, this is Main Street. So, on the right side of the yellow line is Tennessee. On the left side is Virginia. That's pretty cool. The high schools play against each other. It's like Tennessee High and Virginia High, and they play against each other, and that's a huge event, and there's rivalries. So, that's cool. Sounds pretty cool. A good place to live. There's pictures of the, they have like the markers on the Main Street Road. Also cool pictures like this. Like this. You see that? Yeah, yeah. Tennessee, Virginia. So we're just all in on border towns. First we did coastal towns. Now we're doing border towns. Next week, what are we going to fall in love with? What's, uh, what's producer Luke going to find for us? Because border towns are pretty cool. 
Bristol isn't about to get your expectations too high. Okay. Okay. It's not about to get your expectations too high. Isn't. Past tense. No, future tense. We're already doing it, though. You just put me in a pretzel, whoever wrote that comment. Okay, Seth Sewell says, not the best place, but it's good. Oh, are we joking about the sign? Like, it's not a great place to live? Like, they're not going to... I get what you're saying. I get the comment now. Jose was saying, Bristol isn't about to get your expectations too high. Their town slogan is, a good place to live. Like, it's kind of like a shrug. Eh, good place to live. I get I get what you're saying now, Jose. You pretzeled me for a little bit. I came out of it stronger than ever. Look at this cool picture. Just all these pictures. So many people take, like if I went there, I'd take a picture of this. Some things you got to do. It's corny. It's cheesy. Everyone does it. But you got to take a picture. That's cool. So the Virginia side is the birthplace of country music, and the other side is NASCARville. So they know what's going on. The Pinnacle, Tennessee. Oh, you want to know what else I found out about Bristol, Tennessee? Let's see what else I put on notes. In 1774, it was an important stopping off place for notables such as Daniel Boone, related to Aaron Boone, the manager. Jake and I asked him a question on a virtual uh, group chat yesterday, so that was fun. It was a very weird situation. Uh, But Daniel Boone, badass, he would go to Bristol, Tennessee, uh, en route into the interior developing nation. This fort, known as Shelby Station, was actually a combination trading post, way station, and stockade. Uh, And... More importantly, they just opened up a ninja gym for kids. So anyone in Bristol, your kids, they need to get out some energy. Take them to the ninja gym because this shit looks awesome. If you brought me here when I was 10 years old, I think I would have had so much fun. And then you get older and you realize, oh, I'm short and not strong. I can't do these things. But as a kid... Hell yeah. We used to go to the open gym. Look at this. They got like ropes to climb up, nets to climb up, walls. It's kind of like, you know, a gym. Oh, that's straight out of Ninja Warrior. That kid looks really like he's having a... There was cooler obstacles than they're showing in this gallery right here. But whatever. Bring your kids to this gym. It looks awesome. Free ad for the Ninja Gym in Bristol. It's called USA Ninja Challenge. I sprained, we used to go to open gym every Friday in Lake Zurich, Illinois. Oh. We used to go to open gym. There was like a makeout place at the open gym in Lake Zurich, Illinois. Uh, there was like, um, let me see if I can, Lake Zurich, Illinois. Gymnastics Center. Wonder if it's still around. Okay. Is this it? Well, anyway, when we would go, when we were in middle school, you could, there was like the cheese pit, right? And then you could go. <laughs> you're not even seeing what I'm seeing, but here you go. Um, weird memory that just popped in my brain. So the cheese pit's here, and there's all these obstacles. And the one in Lake Zurich, when we used to go to when we were in elementary school, if you went, like, into the cheese pit, and then you could come underneath this block, and it was like a secret hideout. You weren't under the trampoline, but you were next to underneath the trampoline. It was a secret hideout. And just kids used to just go make out in the dark down there. Just in middle school, going to open gym on a Friday night crawling underneath the cheese pit into the little cavern underneath the wood block. So it was a block. They had a big wooden block. You would jump off the block into the cheese pit, but the block was hollow, so there's a way you could get underneath the block that people jumped off, just middle schoolers making out on Friday nights. Lake Zurich, Illinois. What of it? I sprained my ankle doing a monkey flip. Badass. Uh, Couldn't walk afterwards. 
badass was so embarrassed of how long my toenails were that I refused to take my sock all the way off my foot because the girl that I liked was like sitting with me like, oh, I'm so sorry about your ankle. Let's take a look at it. Oh, look how black and blue it is. Oh, it's really bad. I was like, don't take the sock fully off my toes because my toenails are really long right now and you're going to be grossed out by that. So that's a memory that I have. And um, okay. We're done with that memory. We're just going to move on. Didn't expect to talk about the middle school kissing spot at Lake Zurich Gymnastics Center, nor my long toenails that I was embarrassed of. But we did it, and now we're moving on. And that's all I have to say about that. Pretty Perez is the random monkey flip. Someone in the chat said, what's a monkey flip? Is that what it's actually called? It's when you do a, it's when you do like a cartwheel, but then a spin after you plant your hands. Okay. Okay. All right. We're feeling it. Okay. Here we go. Monkey flip. Here we go. Okay. This is not what I'm talking about. I could never do whatever he's about to do, ever. Yeah. Nope. No. That is That is not what I'm talking about. Cartwheel with the 180 <laughs> is what I'm talking about. Um, but it doesn't even seem like that's anything. Well, whatever. Definitely wasn't doing some advanced breakdance move. No way. Marty Perez has a pretty pretty good career as a glove man. He defensive guy. He was a 5'11", 160 pounds. Came from uh, Visalia, California, which has like 15 major league players at this point. Like a lot of people are from there. Let's see. I have the full list here, I think. Well, this is his high school. Uh, Aaron Hill, Steve Strouder. No, but there's a lot of professional players that came from where Marty Perez is from. He was with the Braves for a long time. Let's see. I'm looking at his. Marty Perez. Baseball reference has really upped the ads on their website and they're like sneak attack. Like you think you're out of them and then they just keep popping up and they're like layered. It's it's become a very aggressive ad place. And I love baseball reference with my full heart and I will never ever stop going into it every single day. I mean, it's been like 10 years of going to it every day and big advocate, but the ads have become so invasive and it's bothering me. Even if you use Adblocker, which I don't anymore because I run a company that makes money from people not using Adblocker, so I'm against it. But even if you have it, because I tested it, because I was like, well, I'm against Adblocker, but come on, this is crazy, and they still get through. So not only are they crazy and invasive, they're like fucking everywhere. But go get money, baseball reference, because if you don't exist anymore, I'm sad. So go get money. But I do pay for you, so it's kind of like give me an ad-free experience. All right, whatever. Uh, Marty Perez broke in with the Angels at 23 years old. He was he was teammates with Bo Belinsky, the Playboy pitcher. Remember that dude? And then he was a starter because his offense was like bad. But you got to remember, middle infielders weren't expected to put up huge numbers like we expect now. They were just expected to be like decent and glove men. But yeah, you know he never had an OPS that started with a seven. He never had a batting average that started with a 2.8. His best year was a 2.75 batting average in 1975. He went to the Giants. They said they were going to the Giants said they were going to pay him to be a utility player and he said they were basically bribing me to sit on the bench and not complain. So he's like, "Get me the fuck out of here." So he goes to the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees had recently uh, had Fred Stanley, Chicken Man, who they lost, and they were they were like, we need a better shortstop. So they get Mar- Marty Perez, but they also got Bucky Dent, 
So once they had Bucky Dent and Willie Randolph up the middle, there was really no room for Marty Perez on the Yankees. So he played one game with the Yankees. Look at this. It's such an early trade. He played an April 26th game with the Yankees against Baltimore, played the complete game, and then on April 29th was traded. So I, I know we, we've had early trades before, like uh, Encarnacion was traded pretty early last year, but I still don't think it was April. That's an early, early trade. Here's his transactions page. Where am I? Yeah, here's his transactions page. So traded by the New York Yankees with Doc Ellis and Larry Murray to the A's for Mike Torres. April 27th. It's an early trade. But in his one game with the Yankees, I haven't looked at this yet, so let's go look at it. Let's see how he did. We got, uh, well, the Yankees lost, so 0 for 1 lifetime. Orioles put up a four spot. It was a night game in Memorial Stadium. Lasted two hours and 15 minutes. And Willie Thurman, Reggie, Jim Wynn, great name, Mickey Rivers, great name, Roy White, my dad's favorite player, Paul Blair, Chris Chambliss, Marty Perez, Bucky Dent, Lou Pinello. So Marty Perez got to start at third. Not a lot of nicknames there. You guys can't even see it. They played the Orioles, who had Al, Billy, Ken, Tom, Lee, Doug, Eddie, Rick, Larry, Mark, Rudy. Not a lot of nicknames there either. Is Rudy a birth name or is Rudy a nickname? Full name, Rudolph May. Doesn't count in our list, the way we do it. Rudy May pitched a complete game, nine hitter, two earned runs. Where's our dude? Where's our dude? Marty Perez, where are you? Trying to find out what's going on. Ken Holtzman, shitty start, Ken. All right, so Mickey Rivers made the last out. Marty Perez, first at bat as a Yankee. Ground ball, double play to third base. Third base to second base to first base. Chambliss had singled before him. Double play ball. Not good, Marty. And then in his next at bat, I got to control find Marty here. Having struggling. In his next at bat as a Yankee, he struck out. Okay. He's 0 for 2, and he's produced three outs. And in his last at bat, he had a single. I don't think that's what it said, though. Also, kind of annoying me. Didn't it say he got two hits? Did I read that wrong? Yeah, okay. So in the fifth inning, he singled. I'm all fucked up. Just all messed up. He singled in the fifth inning and then didn't score. Bucky Dent hit him to third. So confused. I thought it said he had two hits. He did. Where's his other hit? Why am I being so dumb right now? I feel like I'm trying to do math, but I'm just trying to read. Ground ball, double play, first at bat. Next at bat in the fifth inning. That, so when was his, his first at bat came in the second. Ground ball, double play. Second at bat came in the fifth. Single to right field. Third at bat came in the seventh. Strikeout. Oh, he got a single in the ninth off Rudy May. And then Willie Randolph hit into a double play. Only ever game as a Yankee. Kind of interesting. And then he... I should get out of that tab. Uh, what was I looking at? How'd he do when he... he How'd he do when he went to the eight? So he went from the Giants to the Yankees back to the Bay Area. Three hits in a row when he showed up in Oakland. Oh, he got traded to Oakland, who were on an East Coast trip, so he just had to drive up to Boston, didn't have to fly cross-country. That was convenient. He actually had a line that was like, yeah, I, I only played one game for the Yankees, and that sucked, but they were really good to me, so that's cool. And then he went to Baltimore, and then he comes back, he plays the Yankees six times that month. He didn't really hurt him. Well, he had three hits, three doubles. Against the Yankees. No RBIs and two runs scored, and then two more later on where he didn't really hurt him. Marty Perez. That's all I really found on him. 
Whoever wrote his bio on uh, Sabermetrics, it was a. Uh, I'm not gonna. I don't need to do that. Just keep it positive. Wasn't the most exciting bio to read. That's all I'm gonna say. Sometimes they're really exciting. Marty Perez. Did I have anything else on him? Uh, Perez had to battle constantly to keep a starting job. The competition was definitely brutal, he said, but he prided himself on his fundamental execution. I was a stickler for not missing signs, getting the runner over, being in the right position. I don't have the greatest talent, but I was smart. Imagine, imagine being, <laughs> uh, it's fucking a wild quote. And I get where he's coming from because he's comparing himself to the greats in baseball history. Imagine having a 10-year career in Major League Baseball and your quote is, I didn't have the greatest talent. Dude, you put together a 10-year career in an MLB. And you're pretty talented. That September 10th, Perez became part of a select club as the fourth of just six men to pinch hit for the great Hank Aaron. Only six guys ever did it. He told authors that he was on a nine-game hitting streak, but he wasn't playing because Henry was having muscle spasms, so Eddie Matthews, who became the Braves' manager, said, Marty, get a bat. So he wasn't playing, and then Hank Aaron's getting muscle spasms, so they go, get a bat. He says to the authors, I almost hit a home run to left, but the authors tracked it down, and it was a ground ball to third. So, you know, selective memory happens to the best of us. You know, Everything gets longer in the retelling, and that's just nature, I guess. Only six guys ever pinch hit for Hank Aaron. That's kind of wild. I wonder, what's the criteria for that? Like, is that the record for least, you know, you got to take a superstar, you know, and you got to put him in his soup. It would be to f what I'm trying to find is like, who's the pitcher that was pinch hit for least, but you'd have to really have a lot of caveats. Like first you have to find the caliber guy we're looking for. And then you'd have to put him in his years when he was the dude, you know, you're like, don't tell me that 19 year old A-Rod got pinch hit for one time in his debut season. That doesn't count. So whoever wants to find that stat, there's a lot of caveats, I guess. Cool. Um, is the market for a cigarette, in the market for a cigarette vending machine? When did I talk about those? I, I talked about cigarette vending machines We talk on so many shows. Seth, are you referencing, is this a brand new conversation about cigarette vending machines? Because I didn't I say on a show recently that I wanted one for the office? Not that I smoke cigarettes, but you can buy them. You can buy those old cigarette vending machines for like $200. And they're like classic, a classic look. I told that on some story. I can't remember where I told it, but I think that's what you're referencing. Um... JJR, John Moore and Jake. It sounds like a John Moore and Jake radio conversation. But yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, okay. It's in my ads on my baseball reference cigarette vending machine because we talked about it on John Boy and Jake radio. And I told Jake, like, do we want to get one of these for the office and just fill it with something else? Because you fill it like baseball cards. A guest comes by and just grabs one because they're like $500 for these old cigarette vending machines. And I was saying to BBD that he probably doesn't even remember these being like in restaurants. Like if you went to a diner, you know where all the gumballs are? There's a cigarette vending machine there too. So it used to be crazy. So shout out to eBay and the vintage. Just won 700 bucks, not, not buying it. Uh, yeah, your baseball reference has an ad. I figured it out eventually. Figured it out. We all got there. Probably going to smell terrible. Yeah, it probably smell terrible. Probably smell pretty bad. Um, what else is there to do? What's the next? That's Marty Perez. Good career. Ten-year career. One day as a Yankee. Got two hits. How about that? And that's all I have to say about that.
All right, next up. Did I bring this book? Where's my backpack? This one's a tough one because it's the best ever. So I don't know how I just say a couple words. What's up, Justin Panic from Talking Giants? Just joined the Periscope. I fucking see you. I just saw you join. Anyway, Band of Brothers is fantastic. It's my favorite piece of cinema, TV show, movie that's ever been produced. I absolutely love every single story. I went to Normandy and took a paratroopers tour and saw where, you know, uh, winters landed and, and where, where the, all the paratroopers landed and where they had to walk to and, and all of that. I'm obsessed with it. I've read like five band of brother books. And I, when I was leaving my apartment, I was grabbing a book from my shelf. I was like, should I just bring the one Stephen Ambrose one? Or do I bring a whole stack? But July 4th is coming up. Summer's coming up. So if you've never seen Band of Brothers on HBO, I would suggest watching it. And then if you've never read about it, I mean, Ambrose, super easy read. He was, he was research. He wanted to like make, he was writing a book about something. I forget. And he went to a reunion of easy company and saw the camaraderie and how much they still like liked each other. So then he wanted, and then he started hearing some stories and he was like, fuck, so this has just got to be a one-off book. So this is a one-off book, you know, that just like a side project that spawned into this crazy world um, and like these characters giving him life and like every character has now written a book and good, they should, and you should buy it and you should read it because it's awesome. Even the weird ones like um, Garnier and Babes, it's kind of a eh, book. I love it, but it's like a huge grain of salt book. But uh, I stood. I have a picture. I have a picture. I believe this picture. I believe I have a picture standing in that very, very spot. It's crazy. The French just didn't, like, clean up. Probably because they just figured out oh, we're just going to get invaded again. So there's still bullet holes and like remnants of the war everywhere. It's crazy. I have a video about, let me see if I can find this. So Band of Brothers, um, the book's really good. The show is fantastic. And this sounds like a annoying comment, but if you watch the show just once, you'll, you, you should enjoy it. And I don't think you'll really enjoy the show until you watch it for like your third time. Definitely your second time. Because there's characters in the first episode that don't have a single line of dialogue that become the narrator and the star of the eighth episode. So you don't even know they exist. And then at the end, you're like, you like, oh, you're hearing their full story. So when you go back and you rewatch it, you see them like, oh, fuck, that's him. He's, oh, yeah. You just don't take inventory of all the characters the first time you see it. So it's definitely better the second time you see it. But the book's good, too. It's a really quick, easy read. And there's a ton of books. Um, you know, Winters, who's like the baddest badass ever and best leader ever, wrote a book. And I'm using hyperbole, but I'm not. So go check out Band of Brothers if you haven't. It's fucking awesome. It also holds up really well, just like the quality of the production. Like, you don't watch it and think, ah, this is from 2001. Like, ah, this could have been made today. Because they filmed it in, a, in like a grainy green film to date it a little bit. So it just looks like, you know, when you do an effect like that, it, it just looks like, oh, yeah, they're still doing, doing that of books. So just check it out. What was I going to show you? I have a video on the main YouTube channel, this one, before it became what it is now, uh, of my trip to Normandy. wonder if it even comes up. But I just made it so I would remember things. Oh, yeah, here it is. wonder if this has, like, weird views now because it's on this channel. No, it doesn't. Cool. Some people have going and watching all the old stuff. Um... There's this crazy story I want to show you about how much they don't clean up everywhere in uh, France. All right, here we go. Those, so this is a, a church right there. 
some soldiers ran into the church and then they got chased in there and two soldiers hid in the confessional booth. And these are the bullet holes from the American who chased them into the confessional booth and shot the confessional booth in the church. And the guy was hiding in there and they killed him. And like that still just exists. And you can see it. Same with like, you know, this is the beaches of Normandy. It's a crazy bunkers. Crazy trip. Point Du Hawk is crazy. There's rangers who had to climb up. That's going to show you. They scaled this. So like this, this one ranger crew of Normandy, they got dropped off here to scale Point Du Hawk. So they had to get drop off. They got dropped off at the wrong spot. So they had to climb. They had to hike the beach. And then they had to climb up Point Du Hawk. And this is where all the Germans, they, they've shelled the fuck out of it. So there's still craters all over uh, from the shelling trying to clear them out. And then the rangers climbed up. And there were some people still there. But they had deserted because those were like the big guns they needed to get. It's amazing. Normandy, it's, it's fucking crazy. Uh and Band of Brothers is, you know, some people give it too much credit because they think the Easy Company was like the whole war. And obviously, there's every company probably has just as badass of stories and all that. But it is a good story. It is fantastic. So, and I think it's a nice, easy, quick beach read. And watch. My dad and I used to watch it on summer nights when I would go down to the beach, you know, uh, like an episode a night, shit like that. So cool. Uh, cool. Tim Joyner, Ed Medic. My grandpa was a medic, so I like the medic episode with, um, what's the guy from Louisiana? Doc Rowe, the medic. Cool. All right. That's that. And that's all I have to say about that. What you guys want to talk about before I leave? Do a little Q&A. Of sorts. I just downloaded Grant on audiobook, 48 hours. That's cool. Hey, Jimmy, if you like war docs, there's a really good World War One doc called They Shall Not Grow Old. Yeah, it's really good and it's crazy. Um, who made that? Peter. Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson, that's his name. Yeah, it's insane what he did. I mean, he really did it. He, you know, he really did it, not for, like, entertainment, but just to restore the footage. And then they had audio audio interviews of World War One veterans from public radio. So they didn't re-record because everyone has passed now, but they they laid interviews from World War One soldiers over the footage. Really cool. Have you read David Bone? Have you read David Cohn's book? I can't put that thing down. Yeah, yeah. We interviewed Jack Curry about writing that book, too, which I think it's impressive that Jack wrote it so much in Coney's voice and how open Cone was about it. Ooh, not Mr. Moon. Huge. Monkey flip equals round off. Yes, round off sounds like a familiar term. That, I think, is what I was doing. I think you're right. Look at these guys. So waff oh. What? No, no. But I was doing a round off with a 180. Okay. Round off with a half twist. Not a full twist. I wasn't a crazy person. How to do a half twist and what the fuck? They're making it seem like it's really hard. I still think I could do this. No, dude, I'm not doing backflips. All right, I'm over it. That's not what I was doing. Just doing fucking round off with a 180 at the end. That's what I did. Title for this episode, Big Camp Meat, Invasive Ads, and Bullet Holes in Normandy. Not bad. Not bad. Katie already has the uh, featured image up. Just quick on those. Super quick. I just saw it. 
Let me see. I'm going to copy and paste that, Jill. Big Camp Meet, Invasive Ads, and Normandy. I'm going to send it to producer Luke, who's in charge of the back end. What did I walk into? Well, I don't know, man. It's the end of the show. I'm just kind of chatting and talking. So anyone that comes in at this point, anyone that comes in at any point, I was talking with producer Luke, and I was like, this is wild that we're getting uh, a lot of people listening to this and, and watching this show that I think we locked in an ad deal soon because the views are real. Um, Because, like, what is it? I didn't do the intro today. It's baseball. It's uh, it's uh, little bite-sized bits of everything I like. History, geography, books, and baseball, and music. Uh, so, like, what is it? You guys are awesome, though. What did you have for breakfast? I haven't eaten anything yet. I just had uh, this coffee. Yeah, it's a wild show. There is structure to it, which I think is important whenever you're doing shows, whenever whenever we have new new podcasts or, or uh, people ask me for advice on starting a podcast, have a structure so the audience knows what's coming up next. They don't just want to hit play and then, but like this, it's like, okay, we have a structure here and then we kind of fucking let whatever happen. All right, a question in the YouTube chat from Jeffrey Loma. Luoma, Loma. I've always wondered why baseball doesn't allow the trading of draft picks like NFL. Thoughts? Um, I just don't think they're as highly valued. Is it strictly not allowed, or does it just not happen? Um, it's just so much more of a crapshoot. You know, like the MLB draft, it, it's not, it's like, you know, nothing. So I don't know if it would have to be a very special year where you have Strasburg, Bryce Harper to to want to do that or, or make it worthwhile. Because you'd rather just pay f- trade for a prospect who's been developing and you have like a reference of how they are. So I don't know if it's, I don't know. Do you guys ship merchandise to Thailand? I, I believe we do. Um, I don't, I don't run the merch anymore, but uh, we can pass that along. If, if you go to the store shop.johnboymedia.com and try it, it might, it should work. I think we ship everywhere. The shipping rates just depend on where it's getting shipped to. So that's different, but um, I think I think we do. If we don't, we can figure it out. So if it, if you try to do it and it doesn't work, uh, reach out to us and we'll figure it out. Um, seven billion people in the world and 110 of us tube in to John Boy Morning Daily. Kind of cool. Yeah, 100 on on YouTube. You know, um, Periscope and uh, Facebook get live viewers as well which is cool. And then a lot of people watch it after the fact because it's in the morning and all that. So yeah, it's cool. I think, uh, the numbers sound crazy, but I sent them do do. I sent them to Luke. I think we're uh, averaging 15,000 views a show five days a week. No fucking context. No, nothing. You know, usually shows have to have a, what's this about? It's about the Yankees. It's about baseball. It's about the Giants. So it's cool. It's really cool. Uh, Do you have big plans for the first game? No, I haven't let my mind wander to the first game yet. But, I mean, probably cover it. I mean, yeah, when games start, it's crazy. I got to figure out how I'm going to work it. Because it's, you know, still work every game. Uh, Sit there with three monitors watching two different feeds, trying to get GIFs and, and footage and stuff. So, it's either here. I don't think I can watch every game here because I that would be too much time at the office and too much time away from Katie and the dog. But I don't know. We got to figure that's something I got to figure that out. Where is this on YouTube? John Boy Media, YouTube. Uh, I have autographed copies of Marlarkey's book, Garnier's book, and Buck Compton's book. That's cool. I haven't read Buck Compton yet. Is Buck's good? Buck was a baseball player, catcher at UCLA. Got shot through the ass. Four holes in one cheek, out the cheek, into the next cheek, out the other cheek. Buck Compton. 
What was your favorite Grown Ups episode? Wasn't Grown Ups a movie? Two movies? I don't know. JJR Radio today? No, not on Fridays. We got some housekeeping to do. Um, once baseball starts, Fridays and Mondays are talking baseball series recap record days. So that's why JGR is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because we didn't come back because of Corona. We came back just because we had the office. So we've just been keeping Monday and Fridays. We're recording laps from the past today. We're doing a little office fixer up a I'm trying to get a car, trying to, trying to lease a car, and the dealership won't get back to me. I said, um, we're eager to get a car. And they won't respond to me. The fuck? thought they would hound me. How has your day been, John Boy? Been great. Anyone that doesn't know, you can go back to the start of the show. I talked about how fantastic my day is going. Love the Yankees banner. Yeah, I think that's coming down. We're going to put the big John Boy Media banner behind me. So anyway, all right. I'm going to bow out. Jake just got here. We have some fun stuff to do. We will see you on Monday. Monday. Yeah, yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Next week I might take Thursday and Friday off before July 4th because then the season starts and things are going to get crazy. I don't know. I'll tell you about that then. Thanks for hanging out with me. I appreciate it. Uh, Have a fantastic week. If you run across anything interesting, send it to producer Luke at Morning by John Boy, at Morning by John Boy on Twitter and Instagram. Bye.